0: I want to welcome our online campus. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Glad you're, you're with us. We love our extended family, our eCampus. Okay, everybody welcome everybody on our online campus. Welcome, welcome. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm really excited about next week for a couple reasons. One of the reasons being on Monday, we kick off our first service with our Spanish interpreters, and we are so pumped about that. Yes. I will be an Espanol. Yes. And uh, I, I listen, it's so cool. Um, what we would like to see happen is there be both bilingual services in Monday and Sunday. We're just let me just tell you, it's going to take us a little bit, and it's taking us a little bit to get there, not because our interpreters, our interpreters are incredible. Look what they have to work with. OK? Can you imagine interpreting for me? As we do this service today, I want you to now think about, can you imagine interpreting for me? So they've been practicing, no joke, I give them my notes and they go upstairs and they uh, re-watch the service and they actually practice and we've got a pretty good system working and we're very excited. So be praying for that, that it, it, it just blesses the kingdom. The second reason that I'm excited about today or next week we will be taking communion next week. And this is a very important thing. For all of those that maybe, maybe you're just not familiar with communion, but you know that Christians uh, take bread and wine or grape juice, and you know enough just to know that that's just kind of one of those things that we do, I'd like to explain it to you a little bit better. At the same time, if you're in the room and you have... Kind of walked away from church. Okay, maybe you're watching today, and just me saying the word communion, just oh, just puts a feeling in your heart. It's just like, man, ugh, that's one of those traditions that they do that is so weird, and it's it's just like our church was just so wrapped around the tradition. If I brought up the word Eucharist, maybe that would even be even more of a gosh you just have these feelings that come up well today we're going to do something instead of us just having communion next week i would like to start talking to you about communion this week communion is the lord's supper it was something that jesus did and it's something that i think is very important for us to do two things and today we're going to talk about those two things We're going to talk about participating and remembering. Remembering and participating. These are the things that Jesus invites us into when it comes to communion. This is to stir our faith, to stir our hope in Him. And today, I thought it would be appropriate. Now, remember, we're taking communion next week, but we're getting our hearts ready this week. We want to to see what God wants to talk to us about. Let me just read you. In Luke chapter 22, you can turn there. In verse 14, this is the words of Jesus as they took the Lord's Supper. And that's Jesus saying, everybody turn there, okay? When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. What you just read or heard is Jesus' exact words in regards to The Lord's Supper that we still take to this day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about why. Let's pray. Jesus, open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. We thank you. Holy Spirit, come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time of of year, a real cool tradition takes place in high schools all over the country. Uh, We used to do it back in Artesia. I don't know if they do it around here, I think they do. But it's called Walking of the Halls. Walking of the Halls usually falls around graduation time. And when the seniors that are graduating get permission to go back to their old elementary school, maybe their junior high, freshman school, or even their high school, and walk the halls, not as students necessarily anymore, but as somebody who has reached a point of graduation. They fulfilled all the requirements. And now they get to go back and remember all the things that took place for them to get to this big, momentous time in their life. Walking to the halls is a big tradition. I remember when I was a young man, I actually got to go back to Hermosa Elementary School and just walk the halls. And um, there's no back then. There was no security. The principal just pretty much met you at the front door, welcomed you in, um, reminded you that you still had a library fine that you hadn't paid. And but you walked the halls, and you started in every class. And sometimes your teachers were there. Sometimes they had moved on. And and you just looked at this old building that you remember that you couldn't wait to get out of. But now that you're here, you realize. So much happened in this place. Junior high. Uh, in Artesia, we had Park Junior High, which was actually a school that was underground. It was a really cool school. And so I got to go back and go through my junior high days. And I even rolled my pants over and rolled them up in the 80s kind of way. Some of the, the 80s kids in the room know what I'm talking about. Yes, that was back when I had hair too. And so I combed my mullet out really good. To walk the halls in Artesia High School. Walk the halls. Maybe you've done the same thing. Texas A&M has a really cool tradition. Any Aggies in the room? Nobody. Uh, <laughs> they have what's called the Elephant Walk. And all the seniors will come together. And it's a specific day in which the Aggies that are the seniors graduating will walk around the campus swinging their arms like this. And it's, the, it's a symbol for the trunk and these old elephants are walking, remembering all their times from when they first showed up at campus and fish camp to now they're at graduation. Walking the halls is a big day. Walking the halls causes us to remember. The reason I start off with this is because we celebrate what we have done in high school by going back and celebrating where we've been. Texas A&M celebrates all the accomplishments they're going through by going back and walking the campus all over again. And the first thing that Jesus asks us to do is remember. Remember what I did. When you take this cup, when you eat this bread, remember. Remembering is a huge reason why we practice communion. One of the things that we have to remember is what communion isn't. Communion isn't bread and grape juice. Communion isn't something you just consume. We are to stop and remember what it isn't so that we can remember what it is. And it is Jesus stepping into the suffering that he is going to take on for not only me, but for every one of you also. And for my friends in the room or watching online, she would say he didn't do it for me. I don't even know Jesus. I'm not even a Christian. And in spite of you not accepting Christ, that's okay. Just because you don't believe in Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't believe in you. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins, every one of them, even if you choose not to accept his forgiveness and his salvation. This is what we stop and pause and remember. Remembering that this is a moment that we have to think for a minute that we can make it so much that it isn't. We can make it ritualistic. We can make it a tradition. We can make it something we're supposed to do. We can make it theological. We can, we can, we can make it where it's dogmatic. But the reality is it's a meal that Jesus said, do this often. Think of my body Think of my blood, partake of it, and remember. Jesus did something in Scripture in regards to his body and blood that I tell you what I've struggled with over the years. There's a story found in John chapter 6, and you can turn there real quick. If you've got your phones, your Bibles, John chapter 6 tells a story, and it would be really interesting to see your response to what he has to say. Now the story is that Jesus just fed 5,000 people and they loved him. Not just because he fed them, but he was doing miracles, he was doing all kinds of incredible things, and Jesus became very very popular. He had many people that would be considered his disciples. He had many followers, Okay, and Jesus fed 5,000 people. You know the whole story, fishes and loaves. And after he Fed fishes and loaves. People began to want more, and there was more left over, and they were so excited. But the story shifts, and it says that Jesus decided that he was going to sneak off to the hills. That's why I love Jesus so much. He sneaks off to the hills. I got some hills I like to sneak off to as well. Jesus loves to sneak off to the hills. So when you can't get a hold of your pastor, I'm just doing what Jesus did, okay? So, So Jesus sneaks off to the hills. And his disciples, they go the other side of the boat and the other side of the lake, and Jesus ends up meeting up with them, and it's a cool way how he meets up with them. But when they get to the other side, something really interesting happens. They've traveled a long distance across an entire lake, but the people who were at the feeding of the 5,000 meet them at the lake. And when they get off of the boat, they go, "Hey, Jesus, where'd you go? We've been looking for you." Now, what you're about to read really confronts not only the people that he was talking to of the day, but also, why are we here? Why are we here? And I want you to listen to the words of Jesus, that he turned to him and he said, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me. Not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Other translations make it a little bit more easier to understand. Jesus turns to him and says, you're not here because you seek me as Savior. You're here because you want me to fill your bellies again. And this is very important for us to stop and pause. Because Jesus begins to have a really Hard conversation about what they desire most. What you're about to read in John chapter 6, verse 53, is a little bit further down from where we started. But today we've come together not to just remember, but to also participate. There's a difference between consuming and participation. Every mother in the room understands that. Every mother in the room understands what it's like to put a meal together, present it to your children, and then you're stuck with the dishes. And for every dad in the room that washes the dishes, you rock. Look, like they're clapping. Holy moly. We touched something in this room, didn't we? Wow. Wow. I can't even get you laughing at my jokes and that one that one drew an applause why do we applause for dads who wash the dishes because it's participation not consumption it's a team moment it's an us moment it's a realization what it took to get here and now we're asked to participate And it doesn't look fun, and it's not fun. It requires work, and it requires you to not watch what you want to watch on TV for just a moment so that we can get the main thing, this kitchen clean, done. And Jesus says something that if this bothers you, I want you to know, it bothered a lot of people on that day too. It says this in verse 53. So Jesus turned to them, remember this is the truly, truly people, the people who just wanted a meal, and says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Yeah, how do you tick-tock that? I mean, seriously, Brady came home from a conference one time. And everybody was tiktok and tweeting about whether the camp speaker was good or not or whether the conference speaker was good or not, how I didn't get this point and I didn't get this story. And I thought, what if you just went out there and said, Jesus said you've got to eat my body and you've got to drink my blood and just drop the mic and walk off. How do you TikTok that to your friends? And this was exactly what happened on that day. People dropped their chins. Seriously. Cuz if this went past a meal, this is Jesus now turning to everybody who just gave fish and loaves and said, "Hey, listen. You want to want to follow me? Eat my flesh and drink my blood." Verse 54. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. But listen closely to the last part. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. If this sounds morbid, if you you've never read this before and this makes you think so what does jesus want us to do you know chew our fingernails and prick our finger and suck our blood and what, what what in the world is he talking about here jesus is putting the reality into what it will look like to truly partake of the lord's supper not in human flesh and human blood but in the sacrifice that we're all stepping into because of the difficult path Jesus had to walk and evidence not only to us what he was willing to do, but also to remember the participation it takes to be a true Christ follower. It's going to get hard. It could get very difficult. And to realize that Jesus was willing to do it for you, and you can do it too through Jesus. The communion isn't bread and grape juice. It's a time to remember and a time to participate. Jesus rebukes these people's selfish stomachs. Now let's stop. I got a selfish stomach. Let me just tell you. When I really thought I was mature in the Lord, I was probably one of the most self-absorbed, selfish Christians you could ever imagine I remember praying that all my needs would get met that 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 you know there would never be a bad day I remember praying that you know you, you know God you're going to bless me this way and you're going to bless me this way I remember praying the Jabez prayer with nothing wrong with the Jabez prayer but I prayed the Jabez prayer to see my kingdom expand instead of his kingdom expand there's been a big maturity in me to realize that I was praying but I wouldn't pray in the will of my father for my life and it's not that God doesn't bless and it doesn't, God doesn't open doors. It's just that everything in me was realizing this was for my benefit, not for his kingdom to come. And there have been times I've had to realize that sacrifices must be made to do what God's asked me to do. Not because works gets us salvation. No, because sometimes sacrifices are necessary to make the main thing The main thing. Marriages, godly marriages, don't work if individuals live for themselves. Godly marriages don't work. You can say, and you're married in the name of Jesus. You can have the pastor pray over your marriage. You can even take communion at your marriage. But the truth is, when you walk away from those commitment vows, are you still living for yourself Or is sacrifice required? Heather and I have done our fair share of sacrificing. I realized as well as she realized you can't live for yourself and expect a great marriage. Someone, someone has to remember what Jesus did and now participate to make this marriage work. When Jesus, hopefully, when he looks down at our marriage, he doesn't see Ty Bean and Heather Bean. He sees one. Two individuals who have died to their flesh to see the life of Jesus come alive. Not because we worked it and we earned it, but because we had him as an example. And so, the biggest blessings we have had in our life hasn't been from us the biggest blessings we've seen in our life is using jesus as an example to see what he was willing to walk through to do so that the world could have life and life more abundantly This is not a popular message in a lot of church circles. In fact, I bet if you're in this room right now, we're talking about suffering. We're talking about making sacrifices. We're talking about stepping into participation, that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. That when we see Jesus as an example, we can also walk through difficult times. It's not going over too well in your heart because you've been told your whole spiritual life, it's only going to be good. It's only going to be good. It's only going to be good. But can I tell you that from a young, immature standpoint, you've probably never had to make a sacrifice in your entire life. But one day, one day you will realize that someone in your family, someone on your block, someone in your school, someone in your community is going to have to do the hard thing. Just like Jesus did the hard thing. You're going to have to love those who are unlovable. You're going to have to make a sacrifice that you seem like you're carrying the whole bill. And yet, did Jesus pay the entire debt? There's going to be times you feel like to being taken advantage of, but you know that seed is being sown. There are times that you're going to have to say 99 no's for that one great yes and communion brings us all together to remember and then participate in what Jesus did. Paul even has something to say about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul gives a rebuke, man. He lets them have it. And this is what he turns and he really gets upset. Because the Corinthian church just said, hey, we're going to have to eat bread and we're going to have to drink wine. So let do we just all come together and have a good time doing it? And they built this thing up to a party and it got out of control. Now, this is kind of embarrassing to talk about because you think the Corinthian church. Oh, no, 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 no. They were a bunch of backslidden heathens who said they were Christians. And Paul brought a huge correction. And you know what? They changed. They really did. They were using it as a time to get drunk they were excluding the poor people and saying, you poor people sit over there when we're done with the wine and the, and the bread. Then we'll turn to you guys and give you left well, what's left over. And Paul rebukes them. Let me show you what Paul says. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not participation of the body of Christ? But in the following instructions, Uh, This is jumping down to verse 17. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. He turns to you and says, I just want to turn to you and say, I do not say I'm proud of you at all. Because when you come together, is it not for the better, but for the worse? For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part. The first thing he says is, I understand that there's, people amongst you who even don't like each other and you hate each other, but you come to church and you call yourself a Christian, and do we not understand that that is not representation of what communion causes us to examine in our life? Then he goes on, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. He says this, "I've I've heard through word that some of you Hold the best out for your group and you don't give the best to another group. When you come together, is it not the Lord's Supper that you eat? For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry and another gets drunk. He's pointing out, where is Jesus in this? And he says these great words. Are you ready? He says, what? And I just can imagine. Okay, imagine the little protege who's writing for him as he's speaking. And he goes, what are you doing? And the kid goes, okay, what's well, up? Do you want that all caps? <laughs> Period or exclamation point? And literally in your Bible, it says, what? Exclamation point. Do you not have houses to go eat in? Or houses to go drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? Nothing what shall I say to you? Shall shall I commend you on this? No, I will not. And then Paul says these words, and these are our words to examine. Verse 28. Let a person examine himself. Then, and so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some of you have died. Paul says something bold here. Because you don't understand what we remember and what we participate in, you feel it physically and you're bankrupt spiritually. But rebukes give us opportunity to turn around. And Jesus invites us through communion to walk the hard path that he has chosen. And Paul gives the church of Corinth a rebuke but an opportunity to later turn around. We find out that they do. It's a beautiful story of how they get their head on straight and realize we are taking a very important thing and we are causing it to be fleshly because we are fleshly. It's more than bread and it's more than grape juice. It's a story of grinding. It's a story of pressing. It's a story of milling. Because when Jesus picks bread and wine, Jesus specifically picks this bread as an opportunity for us to see how bread is made. And it's not wheat that gets tossed into a bowl and then turned into dough. No, no, no. It has to be grinded. And it has to be turned into flour. And Jesus says, this is exactly what I did. I became the sins of the world but something's going to be asked of you too. And me who led the way, this is Jesus, I'll show you how to do it too. Don't get so comfortable in this world that you miss the eternal impact your faith can have on your community. Same thing goes with the crushing of grapes. One grape sitting there does not turn into wine, but it has to be pressed, it has to be pressed, and the best comes out. When we as a church choose to follow the pattern of Jesus, this world sees Jesus. In fact, let me turn to my friends right now, that you're just, you're just not following Jesus. I'm just glad you're here. But I want you to take a look at a faithful follower of Jesus that is in your life. I don't know who it might be. It might be your grandma, maybe your mom, maybe a friend, who knows who it is. But th- there is this moment Wouldn't it be easy for them just to do it the world's way? But every day you see them pray, ask, take their thoughts captive. Everyone's quick to do this, but they stop, they think. Don't just assume that they're weird. They are weird, okay? I'm weird because we've been normal. And we're trying to stop and pause, and allow communion with Jesus to come out of us. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. If you turn and you go, you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, I see you praying, but then you end up doing it anyway. Some of us, I'm telling you, some of us. Just the fact that we're thinking about it before doing is an absolute miracle. But even Jesus turns and says, who needs a doctor? Healthy people? Where do you, who do you find in a hospital? Healthy people? So too you won't find healthy people in a church. We're all growing healthier every day. Why? Because church changes you? Absolutely not. That's the name of the group. We're truly following Jesus and communion is one of the things that gets us back to normal. Weird, if you will. It gets us back to what would Jesus do? Paul says this. He says, or he goes on. Um, Jesus, uh, both we were crushed, were ground. Uh, but then all of a sudden, isn't it funny how you put all the grains, they're ground into a big bowl, and then it's fired up. And this is the story of the church. People all over this room who Jesus is grinding on and crushing, and we're all thrown together and we turn into the body of Christ. This is one reason we give thanks. I want to wrap this up. Three reasons why I think today is such a big deal. And next week, we're going to take communion. One thing is we remember. When we take communion, we remember by giving thanks that Jesus suffered for our sins. This sounds weird to give thanks for someone suffering, but it's exactly what Jesus said you should do. Jesus saw the hard cost of our sin, and he was willing to be the Lamb of God whose blood would be shed for my sins and your sins. And when we stop and remember, it changes us. This week, I'd like for you to start thinking, what was the cost of rescuing me? And now, what would be the cost of following him? God has blessed our family in so many ways. We get to do really cool stuff. By, I by no means am suffering. But every day I choose the path I want to take or the path Jesus is asking me to take. And can I be honest with you? Communion helps me get back to finding my true north. I know that's not north, but finding my true north. And it reminds me of what the most important things are. There are things I'd like to put a down payment on. There are places I'd like to go. All of these things are wonderful. But what is Jesus asking me to do? And communion is a time to stop and pause and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me now, what do you want me to do for you? We remember. Number two, we participate. We do. This is the fun part. Though it may at moments not be that fun, we participate by following Jesus even if it gets hard. This is when Jesus. He turned, he said, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And a lot of disciples left him that day. And a lot of people following him didn't follow him anymore. And his disciples came to him and rebuked him and said, Jesus, a lot of people had a hard time with what you said. And Jesus turned to them and he said, they just seek me for things. They just seek me for satisfaction. They just seek me for another meal but they're missing the point. I'm going to be giving my body and I'm going to be shedding my blood and following me is hard. But some of you will appreciate it and some of you will see the bigger picture and you will see the price and it's communion that will bring us to a Remembrance and an invitation to a participation to join the mission of rescuing the world. Third thing, okay, we can unite. This is us, church. We can unite with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me say this very carefully there's a lot of churches in this world there's a lot of churches in Lee County, New Mexico. Heck, Seminole has more churches than all of Lee County. We all see things differently and we may never agree on the end times. We may never agree on the works of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit or or all points of doctrine, but we will find unity At the end of the day, at the Lord's table, and at the foot of the cross. This Holy Communion, Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, is where we can all come together to remember, to participate, and to unite. This week, want you to think about a few things has your faith to all the christians in the room has your faith been rocked knee jerked gut punched by some sort of persecution some sort of someone laughing at you mocking you you did something in the name of jesus and they mock you for it communion reminds us what Jesus did changed the world. And it gives us hope to continue on even in difficult times. Don't you dare quit. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you take your sucker and throw it in the dirt. This next week when you take communion, I want you to remember that the body that was broken and the blood that was shed, and we can rejoice to know that Jesus did this for us. And your persecution is celebrated in heaven. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. For those that are around unbelievers, don't you quit loving them. Jesus never got mad. Jesus never got ugly. Jesus had every opportunity to be on the cross and just yelling at people on the cross. You're all a bunch of idiots. That's what I'd have done. I'd have been yelling at them, telling them they're going to hell. I'd have been a cussing preacher up on the cross. Listen, I'm telling you, God's still working on me. Would you not have done the same? These were your family members. These were your friends. Where did the 12 disciples go? He was there by himself. And Jesus loved them. That's what communion teaches us. Don't quit loving your friends. I want to just turn to you and say, I want you to go to parties. I think Christians are dull. We forgot how to party. I want you to dance when Bon Jovi's jump comes on. Might as well jump, jump. Can I be honest with you? Heather Heather Bean and I can dance we can two-step we'd embarrass you how bad you are and how good we are I know where to put my hand I know how to troll her at the end don't quit being a friend but communion communion always causes us to stop and remember where our true north is Do you just want to be a friend to them or do you want to introduce them to Jesus? And for every person in the room that has a Christian friend but you're not a Christian, you're pretty blessed. You're really blessed. And they're probably wanting very badly to talk to you about the Jesus who changed their life. Let me talk to everybody in the room. This week, I want you to think about is your faith soft? Is your faith soft? Are we in it to win it? Are we in it to be number one? Are we in it so that we can pray before we compete so that we can win the competition? Are we in it so that we can pray and God brings more business? I pray to win too, but I'm fully prepared that my faith can get soft and Jesus is inviting every one of us through communion to remember what he did to pay your sin debt and there are times I need to lose I need to be silent and my victory doesn't need to be in where everybody can see it it needs to be in my private closet knowing that what I did as I walked away was a lesson that I learned from Jesus as he did what he didn't want to do. And my faith needs to sacrifice. Who takes space in your mind? Who fills your mind all day long? And what should you do in hard times to forgive them? To participate in Jesus' forgiveness as well. Father God, we come to you. I thank you for this group. I thank you for who you are and what you do. Today, Jesus, I ask that between now and next week, when we take communion, you would begin to speak to us. This week, we talked about remembering and participating. open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive toughen up our faith soften our hearts drop our pride and pull humility out of us let's go back to our true north being you and next week reveal even more about what communion is It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand to our feet. Our prayer team is going to be up here. We're going to sing a song. We're going to worship the Lord as we exit this place. And if there is anything in your life that you would love for someone to pray and agree with, to line their faith up with yours, just get out of your seat. Come forward to these folks. They would love to pray with you in this closing song. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's close this time of teaching with a worship to Him. Let's really reach out and ask for Him to speak to us this week. The prayer team is here. They'd love to pray with you. So come on down. Let's worship the Lord.